Welcome to the Harrisburg Brethren in Christ Church podcast. My name is Ryan Cagno. The HPIC podcast brings you weekly episodes on the topic of discipleship, where we'll sit down with members of the HPIC family to hear their stories, hear about the different ways people at HPIC are pursuing discipleship, in other words, how they are learning to follow Jesus' example and obey his teachings in their daily lives in practical ways. This week, I got to talk with Marcy Snyder-Velez about her experience working as a teacher in Harrisburg and in Steelton over the past 30-odd years, uh, what it's been like to journey alongside students over that time, how God has led her and used her through that, uh, the rewards and challenges of committing to a people and place over the long haul. Um, I was really inspired by this conversation, and I hope that you are too. Enjoy. Marcy Snyder-Velez, welcome to the podcast. Hello. <laughs> um, great to be able to sit down and talk with you in, in this capacity. Um, specifically, I was hoping to hear from you about um, your work in uh, Harrisburg School District. You've been a teacher there for how long? Uh, over 20 years. I actually started working as a teacher in the district in 97, I also worked five years in Stilton High Spire before I moved back to Harrisburg in 02. So quite a while. And before I started teaching, I actually worked in the district with the Latino population students through after school programs. Okay. So this will be my 30th year in some way or form at the district. Um, just working with the kids there. Yeah, so it's been a minute. That's, uh, and I want to hear like broadly, um, yeah, just kind of what all you're doing, how your faith intersects with it and, and influences how you go about it. But maybe you could just lay out for us, um, you know, like what you teach, what those transitions from steel into Harrisburg were like and doing after school and the teaching, et cetera, and like paint the picture for us a little bit more first, I guess. Okay, so um, I started at the district working with Friends of Aspira, which was the club at the time for Latino students. Um, back in the 90s, our Latino population was much smaller, so I got to know a lot of the student body that were of Latino heritage. And the club itself wasn't just for Latinos. We had a number of other students that participated in it and was more a celebration of the Hispanic culture. And through that, got to meet teachers, got to meet um the principals, etc. So I decided um, to pursue a career in teaching. I graduated from Messiah in 93 and then went to my master's in health education. So I really wasn't planning on teaching. Um, but once I started working at the school, I developed a love for being in that environment so decided to go back to school and get my certification for teaching. What was it about the high school environment that you loved? Mostly the kids, just working with the kids, interacting with them, um, giving them a place that they could be themselves and give them opportunities to do stuff outside of just a regular school day. But yet... Um, getting to meet the teachers at that time and seeing what they were going through 
at that time, I also started with migrant, working with migrant education. So I worked with the tutoring aspect of going to different houses where migrant families were and working with those students, just tutoring them, encourage them to be in school, um, running summer programs for migrant education. So it was kind of like all that came together. Um, whereas I wasn't quite sure after Messiah where I was heading, I think God put all these little things along the way and just got me into education. So, and I just know that that's where God wants me. Mm. Um, so I got an opportunity to start working Harrisburg School District and just just stay there, you know, started at William Penn, moved on to middle school, went to Stilton for five years, also enjoyed it there, very similar um, in terms of the kids, um, a lot of transient students, and then um, got an opportunity to be a um, instructional coach at Harrisburg because I was pursuing my principal certification at that time. And that's how I came back to Harrisburg. The principal I worked with before was the principal at Harrisburg High School. And as soon as she saw that I applied, she just called me and said, like, I want you back hmm. with us. And during that whole time that I was at Stilton, I was still coaching softball in Harrisburg. So it wasn't like I totally left the district sure. um, because I still was involved with the high school students. So, you know, it's just God putting things and working things out that got me into the education field, specifically Harrisburg. Yeah. This what, is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you still feel that? You kind of feel that pretty consistently affirmed? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. um, it's frustrating, very, the politics and education are horrible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> At this time, and especially after COVID, the expectations placed on teachers has become almost like a 24-7 job every day, <laughs> um, especially during the school year. Um, you know, so it is frustrating, but I know that this is where God wants me. And I, even when I think about going somewhere else, it's like, now. I belong here, you know, this has become my second home. I've been here in Harrisburg longer than I was in Puerto Rico, so mm -hmm. this is, like, really home now for me. And this is where I know God wants me. How exactly do you discern that? Like, how do you hear from God or, or, or find that assurance that this is where he would have you be? When I came back to Harrisburg, I prayed a lot about it. Um, you know, like I, at that point, I was single and didn't have kids, so I really wanted to um, pursue either administration or something other outside of the classroom. So when the opportunity came for the instructional coach position, which is basically a teacher of teachers, my college advisor actually asked, asked me, hey, why don't you do this? Um, I think you should apply. I think you would be a great candidate. Um, and then 
when Miss Kimber like called me and said like you know we saw you applied you interviewed I want you back it was kind of like confirming what I had been praying about so I don't know like that was it's just little things along the way kind of have like the, the open doors and yeah open doors and sometimes closed doors sure you know um friends that I've made at school that are also Christian and we pray together we talk about our faith those things knowing that I'm not the only Christian there Mm -hmm. you know it's public education so sometimes it's hard (laughs) to like be able to speak all the time because of kids but at the same time you do and just having other teachers there that are Christian and that have your same faith and you can go to them um, constantly and say, hey, this is going on. Could you please pray for this? Or, you know, just popping into classrooms during their breaks if we have similar lunches and being able to say, I need prayer right now. Mm. So that's been supportive. I also have students who are Christian. Um, it's and they see me as their aunt or mom because I'm Hispanic and they're Hispanic. So, like, even with um, because of cultural similarities, they've talked to me about their church and going to church and you go into youth group. Um, what they've done, I've had students that at their church they've preached, so they've told me about how they're sermon went and what they spoke about um so even having those opportunities that you know some ways you have to be watchful of what you say especially because it's still a diverse community and we have different religions but having those connections with students that are also christian or are watching you see how you act and how you behave in certain situations that also, I know that those are little things that can be influential and touch lives in discreet ways. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Um, I think that the daily visible faithfulness and kind of living that out, even if you're not, you know, you can't as a teacher get up on the lunchroom table with a bullhorn and (laughs) shout out the gospel necessarily, but your students notice and see things in you and, and hear little things from you, I'm sure, here and there to where the cumulative effect of that and in, in being faithful with them over years, I'm sure you see uh, an yeah. impact. Yeah, and just wanting to make them feel known yeah. and heard is important, you know, and just letting them know I, I can be mean and I can set very high expectations for you, but in the bottom is because I care and I want to see you succeed. And as a matter who you are or what religion, I'm trying to express my, my faith and my love, which is, I think, one of the most important things in that Jesus taught, just loving, showing that love and and his light through love. You know, so even students that I have that are from other religions, you know, I ask them, you know, what's going on? What's this festival about? I want to learn because I want to learn your culture and I want them to know 
that even though we're different um, in terms of our religion doesn't mean that we're different individuals or need to see each other in different ways. So it, it's interesting working with students, teenagers. Do you find even just that simple act of showing an interest and inquiring about their lives, helping them to feel known, I assume that has a powerful impact on them. I believe it does. I mean, like, or I'm hoping it does. Mm -hmm. By the end of the year, especially, like, the seniors, um, they they just let you know in different ways why, how you've impacted them. And just watching them grow over the four years since I work at the high school, um, seeing them mature because from ninth grade to 12th grade is a lot of times it's two different individuals, but having, I try to be that consistent individual in their lives and they're just funny. Um, I work right now with English language learners. So that's my niche in the school. And they say like, some of them say I'm their principal or I'm, their mom or their aunt or the person that's always harassing them. Um, they know me. They, you know, all of the kids, in some way, they know me. And they know that if they have any questions, at the end of the day, they find me. And they come and I'm like, I'll do my best to figure out what the issue is, whether it's in a class or simple things like getting an ID, you know, it's like I've stopped <laughs> at times. I'm like, okay, you've asked me three times, everyone in this class that needs an ID, we're going to do a field trip down to where the ID machine is and we're going to get your IDs now. So little things like that means a lot to the kids. And sometimes people don't see that as the little things just this year's group of seniors they're like the night like 2020 group was there like freshman year yeah that was their freshman year and our program changed so that was actually the last group of kids I taught science to now I work more as an itinerant and go through classrooms so I got them as freshmen and then we went through COVID together and just seeing their growth this year and all the stuff we went through and emotions and me telling them and, you know, like, you need to do this. Um, you need to go in class. Why are you in the hallway? You know, it, that was special. So this, you know, it, it's every class is a little bit different, especially when you've been there this long and see them grow and see them mature and see them walk that stage is interesting. That's before coming here, that's where I was summer graduation. I had like five other kids that graduated today. So just watching them graduate, it's like, oh my gosh, you did it. You know, yeah. like all this, one of the students, she had so many things that happened in these last four years that are would one alone would devastate an individual and she'd gone through all of this and it was hard but she did it and she graduated and she walked and 
that's awesome to watch. You know, like that high school diploma might be a simple piece of paper, but for some of them, it meant they survived those four years. For others, it's the first person in their family to graduate. They came here to the United States in the last four years. And in spite of their travels or immigration, they were able to accomplish this and now have a diploma, something to verify, hey, my journey here to this country isn't in vain. So all those little things just make education for me special. Yeah. It's got to be special to be a part of someone's journey in those different ways and see those really tangible kind of like fruits and rewards at the end of it. Yep. Well, at the end of your uh, formal official time with them, obviously they're at the beginning of their journeys in a lot of ways, but um, what an honor to be able to be part of that. Yeah. And it's interesting when they come back, (laughs) you know, because I've had students come back. I had a student show up in my door like in the middle of class and he's like in college now and like he graduated, he had issues, he's in college, doing really well and I just went like, okay, you talk to my kids right now because they're ninth graders. So they, you know, just hearing him say like, pay attention to this, don't fool around this way, you know, take education seriously get your diploma. This is what I did as a sophomore that cost me not to be on, you know, like not to stay on track. So don't be like me. So having students come back and, and tell the other kids, you know, try to be an example to the other kids of what you can do and what you accomplished. Um, Those are also Mm -hmm. special things. And I assume walking with kids for the long haul and in 30 years of teaching, having kids come back, I'm sure you experience highs and lows with some of these kids and how how their lives play out, right? Yes. Yeah, I have. Um, I've had thing lows for me in terms of teaching. I did have two of my kiddos from still in pass away just before they graduated like they were eighth graders and I left and just before graduation um one to illness and one to a car accident so you know going to a viewing of one of your students is hard um other kids that you know got in trouble with the law and have to go through that whole system you know you're just hoping that they learn kids that had kids while they're in high school, but now they're like just become amazing parents and, you know, like raising their kids and encouraging them to study. So all those things just make, you know, make things interesting. (laughs) Um, you know, I've had the pleasure of coaching kids, little kids, like young when they were young, and then coach their kids and have them also help former players. I coach softball in, the, in that sport more than anything, having my 
the players from the early 2000s that I coach, just coach them and see them grow and see them graduate. And then 10 years later, 15 years later, they're coming back with their daughter to play softball and they help out with the team. So those are like also very interesting. Yeah. It's, it's humbling. So to offer my perspective a little bit, I've, you've been teaching almost as long as I've been alive. So we'll put that (laughs) asterisk on it from the start. Um, But doing, helping lead youth group in 09, 2010, 2011, and seeing that journey with some kids as well of, um, you know, kids that had kids while they were in youth group or kids that since then in the 15 years since, um, 14 years since all have uh, tons more kids than me. Um, or some of them have exceeded beyond anything I could have imagined. Some of them succeeded beyond anything I could have imagined and others. Yeah. I mean, drug stuff or, um, suicides or different things. It's humbling for me to see, you know, as a youth pastor, I played, played even a smaller role probably than you do as a teacher, but seeing what, you know, you're there for this little snippet of their journey and you're able to hopefully be used for good in their life and, and influence them in a positive direction. And then that, and life takes us all away, right? Uh, sweeps us, sweeps us up. Um, it's humbling, uh, and a privilege and an honor, but a humbling one to be a part of that journey for kids. Yes. Watching them grow and become, you know, pursuing getting out of, I mean, I work in Harrisburg, so having them get out of the status quo of the city that many of them get stuck in and seeing them become professionals, pursuing their university, even if it's five, ten years after right now the principal at Susquehanna, new principal at Susquehanna, he was my student my first year teaching. So, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know him. And it's like, yes, I really know him. You know, like I had him in 10th grade, my first year teaching. He was a 10th grader, and I've kept up with him and watched him all through high school, even after high school, just watch him become a coach, get his degree, become a teacher, and just all the ways that even God has worked in his life to get little pieces together and now to know that all these stumbling blocks and mountains he had to climb and coming out of all the stuff he was involved with at one time in the city, he overcame that and now is a principal at a school, um, which I would have never thought he was going to go to education. Those are the things that I try to keep up with. Even if I'm not always there when I do see them or get to touch base with them, I just let them know, hey, I'm proud for about this. And, you know, I've had other softball players become teachers, work in the district. So it's, it always comes around. It's, and you just hope that as a teacher, you have been able to plant a seed or two that will 
allow them to remember something later on when they need a quote or or something to let them go through a difficult situation that maybe you said something back when they were a teenager that comes back and helps them through that step or in college if they have a kid whatever the situation that's for me one of the ultimate goals yeah i i think it's um it's so important and good what you do when we look at statistics for thinking specifically about in the church when we look at statistics of uh, youth and young adults that kind of keep their faith for example through into adulthood um one of the main two indicators of that is whether or not there was an adult in their life um a person of faith who showed an interest who was present in their lives besides their parents Mm -hmm. um that was able to invest in them in that way and know them and kind of model that for them um that's one of the top two things that like kind of ensures like this person will like retain their faith or come back to their faith maybe maybe it's a rocky road but in those moments at some point in their 20s or whenever it is they they kind of come back to this foundation of well you know marcy said this or i remember this from her or maybe i still can text her okay with that you just reminded me um i had a student this was before i started working full-time um with my English language learners where I taught regular environmental science class had this student that African-American that we just hit it off, you know, like culturally we had nothing in common and, but he just, you know, like I told him, I care, we're doing good. You know, like I was concerned and even after he had my class, my senior year, I just kept on top of him because he was going through so many other things outside of school that I knew school was his haven. Mm-hmm. And just, he graduated. I was like the first one there, like hugging him and telling him, you did it. You thought you couldn't. And out of the blue, he contacted me last year. And he's like, hey, do you know Alex? You remember me? And that was at least 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago. So again, I'm hoping that, you know, he remembers some of the things I tried to encourage him to do and that he's applying them now in his life when late 20s, early 30s. So it was nice just to know that he was okay. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah. No, it's incredible. I mean, it's so it's a validation of the time you put in and what you're doing. And I, I just want to commend you, you know, something I see in your story, you talk about how God just opened some doors and shut other doors to where suddenly 30 years later, you're still in Harrisburg and this is home for you now in a lot of ways. Um, just the value and the, um, the gift that it is to you and to your students for you to just be, to be here <laughs> for the long term to the point where the principal at Susquehanna is like you're a former student and you, the roots that you have in the city and in the district now um, are are deep. I mean, do you do you ever sit back and think about um, how deep those roots are, the, the value in your own life of just having kind of faithful presence for this long in one place? 
think I do. Like, I value the opportunity to be in Harrisburg um, working with teenagers in the city. It's, they're not any different than any other teenager I've met outside of the city. They're just kids and frustrating as they are because they think they're adults and they think that they know everything. And I often have to say they're just teenagers. They're just 16, 17, 18 year olds. And they have a lot of life to still experience. But um, I feel like I belong here. And I can't imagine actually working in another place because I don't know what part of me is like, I don't know how those students might need me where in Harrisburg, I've learned the kids what their needs are, where their struggles are, and maybe I'm better able to deal in those situations because they're still teenagers. They just happen to live in Harrisburg and it's not any different than any other school district because by what I understand, most other school districts in terms of how media is playing right now and just everyday society, there's very similarities and just the growing up aspect. Yeah. Yeah, they're facing a lot of challenges. Um, Teens, yeah, everywhere, as you said. Um, I appreciate your graciousness towards them and your understanding and I'm sure that graciousness expresses itself in strong words at points with them as you said (laughs) earlier but um, I just think that's so important I think I can get in this habit myself and I'm sure many of us can of just kind of shaking our heads at kids or teens you know the the kids these days attitude right and um writing them off and not seeing necessarily what they have to offer or, or just having grace and patience for where they're at in life and, and us remembering what it was like for us to be teenagers (laughs) and what we thought we knew. And it's different. I mean, like teaching when I started 20 over 25 years ago to teaching today, it's everything has changed about it. You know, um, technology has definitely influences how you teach and what you teach so you also as a teacher have to be willing to change and I think at times it's hard even to do that but the kids are still kids and I think there's something about the age group yes technology and phones are annoying and all this new stuff with AIs are going it's going to be annoying with with how you approach teaching. But I think the age group itself it's pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, like just psychologically, emotionally, developmentally, it's still similar. And it's just how you approach them. And for me, they need consistency and they need high expectations. Yeah. And tell them you expect them to be met and right now with education sometimes 
I think expectations are lowered and this is when expectations have to be even higher, especially like after COVID and all the changes that there were, you still have to always expect the kids to meet those expectations. And I always, that's the way I try to tell them, um, you're not following a rule. You're not trying to please me. This is what you're expected to do. Can you live up to that expectation of coming to class on time, you know, of getting this assignment completed. It's an expectation. So look at it like that, not yeah. like a rule. They don't something like rules. They're, something they're capable of rising yeah. to. Yeah. Um, that's good. As a parting word that you, if you would want to speak a parting word to the, the, the faithful remnant of people that have made it to the end of the podcast. These are the real devoted ones. Um, if there was a way that they could be supporting teens in Harrisburg City in the district, people in their 20s in Harrisburg City and the challenges they're facing, you know, even just like really practical things people could be doing to get involved in, because I know there are a lot of needs in Harrisburg School District. Um, what would be your, your pitch or your plea, or here's a really practical thing you could be doing to help. I think the first thing is prayer. You know, just pray for the teachers, pray for the administrators, pray for the students that are currently our students and the students that will become our students next year. For me, that that's important. You know, like I found, try to have friends at school that we pray for that need and just try to keep God present um, as we teach, as we go through our walk within the building. Sometimes I just go through and just as I walk, I just pray. So just that God is there and gives us enlightenment and angels surround the buildings, mm. protect them because in many cases our buildings are the kids' safe haven. Um, so just having that protection when kids are with us. Other ways, just finding community organizations that work with the district and see how you can come in to read or volunteer, see if there's a way to come in and volunteer elementary school and read. If you are looking for a part-time job, get into substitute teaching. Yeah, long-term sub. <laughs> long-term sub, short-term sub, day-to-day -day sub. You know, if you just want to do that, we're grateful. That's a big need. We will pay you. <laughs> Yeah, the district will pay you, but um, <laughs> that's a relief, um, you know, because they are needed and more when there's not people there, there's more put on on the rest of us. So if you're looking for a way to do work and have an impact with the kids one on one and you do have you're thinking, what should I do next? Or I'm looking for a job part-time flexible job while I'm taking classes maybe see if there's any way you can get into substituting um, see if you can again finding ways to volunteer there's different organizations in the community that do work with the district I can't 
off the top of my head, I know Rotary does, um, Latino Hispanic Center does, um, Center for Champions. Mm -hmm. They have some. And if they don't work directly with the district, they work with district students. Yeah. Yeah, I I almost want to just say out like web addresses right now but we probably (laughs) shouldn't do that but if you're listening to this and you feel any kind of conviction or just inspiration from what marcy shared um reach out to her google it apply to be a sub uh you should be able to get in there pretty quickly (laughs) if you have your sub cert um but yeah it's i think you've painted a really beautiful picture of the life of a teacher for the long term and investment in a, in a community in a city and, and in and kids so thanks for sharing that all with us marcy thank you for giving me this opportunity yeah absolutely and cut that was great